Greetings, fellow travelers. Welcome to the 27th level of the RPG Cave. I'm one of your hosts, the level 99 human archmage, Ryan Turford, and I'm joined once again, as always, by the level 99 elf ranger, Mr. Garrett Bland. Welcome back. I know you weren't here last week, but uh, welcome back to the cave, my friend. Yes, I'm back and hopefully had a great conversation about Final Fantasy 14. That was definitely not in my wheelhouse, so I'm <laughs> glad you had an awesome guest for that show. But I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to talk about some Advance Wars. Yeah, I mean, you returned at the perfect time because I know Advance Wars is a series you really love and I I'm excited to talk to you about it as well. But before we do that, as always, we got to clear the dungeon of the trash mobs, the pesky mobs, as you will. So if you like what we do and you want to support the show, there's a number of ways to do that. Number one, you can follow us on on your podcast service of choice. We're on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on all the places you find podcasts. So check us out there. Also, if you leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the show. Also, if you want to see our beautiful faces every single Saturday morning where we put up a video version of the show. Head over to YouTube, youtube.com slash Yumi Capri. Of course, like, comment, subscribe, all the things that people over on YouTube tell you to do. And then last but not least, if you want to throw a little tip in the old tip jar, get this show a little bit early, head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Yumi Capri is how you do that. You get early access to this show as well as some exclusive shows like the Yumi Capri podcast and the Pants Patreon podcast for patrons podcast. All right, Garrett, it's time to read from the sacred tag so we can talk about this really cool series that we actually talked about mm -hmm. a little bit back on the Fire Emblem episode. So this is kind of like yes. almost like a part two to that episode in a lot of ways, because we're talking about advanced words today. Of course, this comes to us from intelligent systems once again. So as always, we start we start off every show with the fun facts. So let me go through some of these with you real quick. So currently at the time of this recording, there are currently 12 games in the Advance War series or just the War series in general because the Advance War wow. moniker um, didn't really start until the GBA days. So we're going to mm -hmm. talk about the series just as a whole, even going back to its earliest days. So the very first game in the series debuted in Japan with Famicom Wars all the way back oh. on August 12th, 1988 on the on the what? original Famicom. So <laughs> this series is it's super old, Garrett, believe it or not. Um, again, it's it was uh, one of Intelligent Systems' first games that they worked on on their own because mm -hmm. they've, they've been an, an, a uh, support studio for years for Nintendo games, and it, it just happened to be that th when they wanted to do their own game, they went and did this strategy game, which mm -hmm. has a lot in common more with um, Advance Wars 2 on Game Boy Advance, um, and we'll talk about more of that how the, some of those similarities when we get to kind of the game mechanics, but um, mm -hmm. it, it, it started mostly as just a real time strategy game on on your Famicom, which is just crazy to think about because for the most part we didn't really see like games like that on on NES no. besides besides uh, Famicom Wars, especially not in the U.S. Like this was a Japan mm -hmm. only series. Then this was followed up with four. Four Game Boy titles, start, starting with the game with Game Boy Wars releasing in Japan on May twenty first, nineteen ninety one, and then they kind of throughout the life of the Game Boy, they had like a new game like every two years essentially in Japan mm -hmm. only, and then there was also a Super Famicom title called Super Famicom Wars, which released in Japan on May first, nineteen ninety eight, but when it was time to launch the Game Boy Advance, Nintendo decided to actually bring the series. Outside of Japan, because again, this series Thank up until goodness. now in Japan only the, the entire way. However, when they decided to bring the, the series out of Japan, they didn't want to bring it outside of Japan as is because they wanted to change the, the target audience for the game. So 
basically in Japan with the original games, um, if you look at kind of the, the box art for the, some of those games or kind of the looks for them, they're like more like straight military kind of looks with a little bit of an anime style, but they're not really like mm-hmm. uh, bright and cheerful and, and colorful in the way that the Advance Wars games are. So they mm-hmm. wanted so and that's in part due to Nintendo wanting the series to appeal to children as opposed to just teens, because essentially teen boys were the people buying the war the war games over in Japan, mm-hmm. um, and they wanted yeah. it to appeal to more and more people. So with Advance Wars, they basically had the, the uh, intelligent systems create a whole set of characters that the game kind of follows with like bright and cheery colors and kind of looks to them so that, again, it appeals, appeals more to a mass audience. So Advance Wars was planned to be a GBA launch title, when the GBA was coming out in 2001, but it actually missed the launch date um, and actually came out later that year on September 10th, 2001, which is an important date because the game was actually supposed to release pretty quickly after that in Japan and Europe, but it ended up getting delayed for a, a long period of time because... September 11th was the next day after oh, the North American yeah, release. Yeah. And as you can imagine, you didn't like a lot of games, a lot of war games or games with guns like this were delayed out of that window out of respect for September 11th. Yeah. Um, so the game itself came out in Europe the next year, but then in Japan, oddly enough for a series that was Japan only for the longest time, didn't actually come out until 2004 as part wow. of like a double pack with Advance Wars 2. Essentially, that's oh, kind cool. of how they did how they did that in Japan. But that was the only way to buy the game in Japan was in that double pack, essentially, which is just funny because now we actually have so a double weird. pack of those games coming out, you know, soon. Um, yep. And then we got to talk about this offshoot a little bit because the series made a brief stint on home consoles in the form of Battalion Wars on September 19th, 2005 on the GameCube. They basically changed up their perspective when they moved to consoles by not doing like a a top-down strategy game, and they moved it to like a third-person game that allowed you to basically build vehicles Mm -hmm. and facilities and stuff like that, kind of like the Advanced Wars games, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And and again, there just weren't many games like that. And then it actually had a sequel that released on the Wii in 2007. And then last but not least for the fun facts, the final entry in the series came in the form of Advance Wars Day of Ruin on the DS on November 21st, 2008. Mm -hmm. And again, oddly enough, for a series that started as Japan only, the Japanese version of this game did not arrive until October 30th, 2013 on the 3DS. And the best part about this, Garrett, you couldn't buy this yeah. game normally. It was a Club Nintendo reward for Japan. Of course it were, is. If you were a platinum status member with Club Nintendo, you got the game for free, essentially. But <laughs> otherwise, you couldn't buy it. Like, so, That's so ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Which is just, it's just funny to think about. Because, again, like the series had, like... With Advance Wars, uh, the the first one on, on Game Boy Advance, like it sold way better in North America than it did in Japan. So like it okay. really skewed the series to become like a North American first franchise, mm-hmm. um, which then just led it to, you know, not release simultaneously in Japan. We, I mean, we uh, we talked about that with just Advance Wars itself not coming out until mm-hmm. the double pack came out, and then the the final game even just not coming out for like. Like five years later on a completely different platform that you couldn't even buy normally. So Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. you go. So those are all for the fun facts with Advance Wars. That's your rundown on the series. Of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, of course, that we have Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp coming out soon. Yep. 
because that was actually supposed to come out at the time we're hearing this episode, but it obviously got delayed until sometime early next year. Um, Thank goodness. Yeah. I need to catch up on my games, so. Well, it was supposed to come out the same day as Halo and Dying Light 2 and Final Fantasy XIV and Walker, so probably would have been the one game that would have been left behind. Anyways, at least by a lot of people. So um, there you go. So there's your history. Mm -hmm. But Garrett, now that we've talked about the history of the series, we got to talk about our history with Advanced Wars. So start start us off. Where did you start with the series? Um, So I did not realize how many other Wars franchise games there were other than Advanced Wars. So you're enlightening me on on the previous history. Um, I actually, Advanced Wars is probably a bigger gap than you may realize in my (laughs) RPG history. Um, I played a little bit, but not on my DS itself. When I got the Retro Pocket 2 about a year ago, I was like, okay, Advanced Wars is one of the first things I want to try out because I actually didn't get it in the GBA days, um, and I wish I did. I actually played a a very similar game, Age of Empires, on the DS Mm -hmm. itself. And when I was looking at gameplay last year of of Advanced Wars, I'm like, that's Age of Empires on DS. Why, Why didn't I play this? And so... I actually played the the first game I played last year on my Retroid Pocket, more to test out the DS simulator than anything. But I I tried out Advance Wars uh, Dual Strike mm-hmm. um, for for a good while, maybe for like I don't know, like seven or eight hours, and then I kind of just like stro- kind of dropped it. This past month, I picked up the original Advance Wars on the GBA on my Retroid Pocket too, and let me tell you, Ryan, I am swooned. By this game, this this game is calling my name. It is probably this is the game that Little Garrett should have played <laughs> back, you know, ten or fifteen years ago. Because I would be obsessed. Other than Pokemon, I would probably be obsessed with this series mm-hmm. as I was with Age of Empires on DS. Um, but yeah, I'm having a good time with it. I'm only playing it while I'm like on the bus, and it's great on the go. Retro Pocket too. I don't know for for people that don't know, it's an emulation machine on mm-hmm. Android. Runs on Android. I'm playing on RetroArch, um, and it's it's fantastic. Uh, of course, I'll get the Advance One Plus Two reboot when it comes out uh, next year, but it still holds up very much today. This this yeah. the first Advance Force. So, but that's very short history of mine. I'm I'm completely into it, and I'll I'll for sure probably beat the game, and I'll probably go on the Switch and and play it more. But that's that's pretty much what I got. What about you, Ryan? Nice. So, yeah, it's for me, like I started on the Game Boy Advance because I had heard really good things mm-hmm. about Advance Wars because it actually got like a lot of really positive reviews when it came out. So um, I hadn't mm-hmm. really heard too much about it beforehand, uh, but I decided to pick it up pretty early and played it. And yeah, just like you said, like I really got obsessed with it. Like I really enjoyed my time with it. I really liked strategy games at the time. So um, mm-hmm. I was definitely looking for more strategy games to play. And it was definitely like the perfect game to kind of bring on the road with me, especially because I used to, yeah. to travel on the bus a lot to go to work at the time, uh, like as I was working at like Subway at the time. So I was mm-hmm. playing while I was on, on the job, while also on my way there and just having a great time with it. Um, and, and yeah, I really love the first game. As far as when it came around, when the when the sequel came around, I never jumped mm-hmm. into it at the time when it first came out. Um, but I did play many years later on Wii U because eventually mm-hmm. on Wii U, we got Game Boy Advance games on virtual console. So that's where I actually ended up picking up those games again because I did eventually sell my Ad- advanced course copy, of course, because I was a dummy. Oh, I'm going to yeah. cough for one second. <coughs> go for it. There we go. So yeah, I, I was a dummy, sold my copy of Advanced Wars, uh, just like all my other GBA games and 
It just makes, you know, older Ryan really sad that I did that because the only one I kept actually was Metroid Zero Mission, which I'm glad I did keep all these years later. But uh, I actually had a pretty good collection of Game Boy Advance games. And I think I had the, the Fire Emblem games, I had those, I had a mm. bunch of other wow. like rare, rarer ones now, nowadays that are more expensive. So like Advance Wars now, if you want to pick up the, the Game Boy Advance versions, they're pretty expensive. And then when mm -hmm. it came time for the DS ones, I wasn't really playing a lot of DS at the time because I was mostly into the PSP. Um, because I actually sense. Um, loved a lot of the RPGs that were on PSP. So that was just more of the, my system at the time. Um, so I never really got a chance to play any of them um, because I actually mm -hmm. bought um, Advance Wars First Strike on uh, DS or Dual Strike. Mm -hmm. um, but then I, I never actually had around, went around to playing it. So it's been sitting on my mm -hmm. Wii U pretty much ever since I picked it up and just I've never played it. So <clears throat> yeah, that's kind of my history with the series. I, I did go back and play some of those games again in, in preparation for the show. Um, I have mm -hmm. also dabbled with the Famicom um, and Game Boy titles because there are fan oh, translations really? for those out there. Um, so there mm -hmm. are ways to play them for sure, like maybe a Retroid Pocket 2 maybe. But uh, maybe I, I, I like those games as well, but um, they, they kind of are a little more hardcore, I think, than, than some of the Advance Wars titles. They're a little more difficult mm -hmm. um, and not in a good way in a lot of ways. So... Um, I haven't really dove too far into those, but I've, I've dabbled with them and, and they're pretty cool as well. So um, if you definitely like the Advance Wars games, I would recommend if you have the means to, to go back and check those out, uh, definitely try them out. Also, I should mention Battalion Wars. I did play that on GameCube as well. Oh, um, you did, yeah. Which it sounded like a great idea on paper, but the execution was not really there for that game. Like it didn't really play super well. Okay. Um, it was kind of clunky to control, especially like the shooting elements weren't really good. Like the, 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 the strategy elements were pretty, pretty solid as far as ordering your troops around or um, ordering specific mm -hmm. tanks and other vehicles and other troops to, to call in to help you defeat the enemy. But all the shooting mechanics kind of made the game a little more frustrating than it should have been, which kind of led to it being a little disappointing for me, which is why I never really checked out the Wii version game of the game at all. So okay, there you go. But yeah, I'm also very excited for uh, Reboot Camp 1 and 2. I think those games look awesome. So I'm hoping they're awesome as well because the first two Advanced Wars games are really fun. So there you go. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about the story of Advanced Wars. And I okay. chuckle, Garrett, because... Yeah. They're, these games don't really have many much story to them, really. It's Not mostly much of a story to it, the, no. It's really the story of the blue team for this, the red team, and then you pretty much call it oh, a day. orange team. The orange oh, star sorry. army and the blue star army or something like that. A blue moon, sorry, army. Well, in some of the games, mm -hmm. they're the red stars. In some of the games, versus they're the, the red moon. star too? Yeah, so oh, okay. it just depends on what game you're playing. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, for the most part, yeah, that's pretty much all you need to do about the story. There is, in, in Advance Wars 2, there's like a campaign mode with a story to it, and I believe the the last game in the series, um, Day of Days of Ruin, I think has a story mode as well. But I heard it's pretty good too. Like yeah. that that one is seems to be like a critical darling. The mm -hmm. last Advance Wars Days of Ruin, I still see a lot of them on eBay, like on sale, and is quite popular. Nice, yeah. I mean, I've never really played it, and I don't really know too much about that one. So hopefully, the story is good. But the story in Advance Wars Two. It's not great. It exists. It's there as a vehicle just to kind of get you through specific missions. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, again, this isn't really a story-based series, but I had to throw it on the document. Garrett, it's something we talk about because I, I, I think it's important for people who are kind of new to the series to kind of know going into it that like 
don't come into it expecting a story like Fire Emblem or something like that, like or other intelligent systems titles, because story is not really a big focus, I think, for these games. Yeah, this is hard to mm-hmm. say, right? Uh, you know, define this game or these sets of games as RPGs is kind of pushing it because it really doesn't have a story. The characters are there, the commanders are there, but like, I don't know, it, it seems more like a it's turn-based strategy. Like that's that's the top like mm-hmm. defining of this genre of games. And and RPG, you could say, yeah, it's an RPG, but it is turn-based strategy, yeah. first and foremost. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's got like light RPG elements, but it's not like a full, mm-hmm. it's not as far in the RPG direction as something like Fire Emblem is. So just keep exactly. that in mind kind yep. of going into it. So, um, but I wanted to bring that up and, and also speaking of, of where people should start real mm-hmm. quick, uh, uh, kind of omitting um, the, the remake that's coming because we know mm-hmm. that that's coming on Switch, but that's like really far away. If someone wanted to get into the series now, Garrett, where would you recommend someone yeah. started? Start with the series. That. That's a good question because it's very hard to <laughs> find these games. Really, if you can get yourself a copy or a digital, like like on Wii U, can mm-hmm. you get Advance Wars One on yep, GBA? You can get right? Advance Wars One, okay. Two, and uh, Dual Strike. The only one that's missing is Days of Ruin. Okay, I would definitely start there. If you guys got a Wii U, that's probably a perfect way to go. And if you have the means of a GBA. Or maybe an emulator. I'm not sure. Um, you can start off uh, over there with Advance Wars. I think the first Advance Wars still hold up to this yep. day. And and it's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about the mechanics later, but I definitely recommend Advance Wars 1. Yeah, actually, I would also recommend Advance Wars 1 to start as well. Like, um, And it's not even just one of those things where I think you should play them in sequential order. I think that it's actually yeah. the simplest and easiest one to wrap your head it around. Um, especially yeah. it, it, the only downside is there's no real campaign. It's mostly you're playing like versus battles versus the computer. Because yes. you're meant to basically play it with another person in like System Link who also has the game. That's kind of the, the mm-hmm. way that game was designed. But obviously, if you've got a Wii U, for example, you can't do that. Um, but actually, like, again, playing those games on Wii U, the emulation for virtual console on Wii U games was like notorious for a lot of consoles, but the one system okay. that they totally nailed was GBA. Like the GBA games that are on there are are actually really fantastic ports of those games. Um, whether you're looking at something like Metroid Fusion or Golden Sun or um, mm-hmm. Advance Wars, like I think it's actually a really great console for that. So plus the, they're super Good. cheap. They're like eight dollars Canadian to, to pick up the, the the like each of the the first two games and Not then and, and then the DS games are like ten dollars Canadian so um, I actually think that Wii U is probably if you've got a Wii U that's the place to, to check them out um, mm-hmm. otherwise again it is a little bit harder to get the cartridges for GBA because they are expensive especially if you're trying to not find like a bootleg version from from China yeah. essentially um, so I would recommend at that point maybe going in the direction Garrett hinted at of like maybe a retro pocket or something like that. But um, otherwise, if we got a Wii U, I'd say that's actually probably the best place because it's the cheapest place and they hold up really well mm-hmm. there. So I would check them out on virtual console there. Otherwise, again, you, if you want to wait, just wait till April because I'm sure reboot camp's going to be awesome. But we, we can't really say that with confidence considering uh, what just happened with Grand Theft Auto and the whole, the whole blow with that. Like anything could happen between now and then, right? With, with yeah, the I don't think they're doing this weird AI upscaling of Advance Wars 1 and 2. It, it seems like they're fully just remaking the game yeah. um, from the ground up. Similar to Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, they just shifted all the game and completely remade it in Unity. It's going to be the same thing here. It's going to be just on a updated engine it's gonna be the same exact game 
is just now with new cool 2D yeah. uh, art. Plus so. it's being done by WayForward and I actually trust that, yeah, that studio implicitly. Yeah. Like they are really awesome. So, um, but it's just one of those things where I'm getting my, trying to get myself out of the habit of just blindly recommending pre-ordering stuff after Grand Theft yes. Auto or, or Cyberpunk. Like it's like. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But let's dive deep into the mechanics of Advanced Wars, Garrett, because this is kind yes. of the meat and the potatoes that I know uh, us dorks really want to talk about this stuff. So let's talk Seriously, about the mechanics <laughs> in Advanced Wars and, and kind of how this works. So first off, um, depending on the game you're playing, um, they, it'll be a little bit more simple or a little more complicated. So we'll kind of talk about some of the baseline elements. For example, mm-hmm. um, th- this is, as you kind of mentioned, it's a turn-based strategy game um, similar to something like Civilization or um, like Age of Empires on the DS, where essentially you're mm-hmm. controlling a bunch of troops, you're trying to kill a bunch of enemy troops, and you're basically trying to win the day. That's kind of the, yes. the baseline for, for what this game actually is. So usually you move all your your um, allies in turns and then you're trying to explore the map because there's fog on the map. So there's like kind of the fog of war effect that you'd see in like mm-hmm. real-time strategy games like StarCraft, for example. So you don't see all the, the enemy units from the, the very beginning and then you kind of have to strategically move around the map to kind of find the enemy units. In Advanced Wars 1, you actually don't build troops yourself on the map. You actually no, you are don't. given a set group of, of units to basically take out yes. a set group of units. Whereas the other games in the series, going back to Famicom Wars, and then all, starting again with Advanced Wars 2, um, you're basically building units from your command center um, for oh, cool. a certain dollar amount. And you're kind of making money as you go and take explore more of the map and start taking down troops to build bigger and bigger things to basically you know, defeat your enemy with. Um, so that the complexity of, you know, managing units and whatnot is different from game to game. Um, mm-hmm. as well, you can also do what's called captaining your units where essentially you can promote them, um, to being like a commander or, or promote them different mm-hmm. up, up levels as they take down enemy troops or as you kind of move them around the map as well. Um, Garrett, what other, what other mechanics am I kind of missing here as far as the, the, ga- so- the combat are concerned? Yeah, the so Advanced Wars 1 is very, um, you, you got different types of units. It's very unit type dependent. Yeah. Um, you got naval units, you got air units, and then infantry, and then tanks. And each of them have their pros and cons. And depending on the unit, and like let's say a naval unit, it will be strong against let's say a tank or um, against a boat or a submarine. So you're really going to have to know how to place your units versus the other. It is like pretty much advanced chess, mm-hmm. uh, more or less. Um, so and then there's a lot of units, let's say artillery, that uh, can shoot long range, but not close range at all. Um, and so you're going to have to figure the, that out as you kind of go turn to turn and make sure your units are in a formation where you're defending your um, long range units and then keeping your infantry kind of like scattered around mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that's one thing is, is the unit type is very important. The other thing is the buildings. And yeah. so in Advanced Wars 1, uh, what you want to do is actually, the, the main objective is either two things. You either kill all units or capture the enemy base. Mm-hmm. And so you can do that. You can try to go for the enemy base and destroy it or whatever. Uh, but there are buildings in between, left and right, um, where your soldiers, your infantry units can capture. And if you capture those buildings you basically can be a base and that base can be used for healing for supplying ammunition there's also an ammunition like stock in your tanks in your uh naval units you're gonna have to figure that out too there's also fuel 
which is which was I found pretty interesting as well. Mm -hmm. So there's limited movements throughout the whole map, and then also um, just yeah, basically you have to consider all of these things <laughs> in general. Um, I I was in certain battles where I'm like, oh my gosh, my helicopter is about to run out of ammo yeah. or run out of fuel, and I have to bring them back. There, I have never seen a, any other strategy RPG that that considers that minute detail and it's kind of crazy to see a gba game doing that in general so uh that's that's basically the mechanics yeah I would like to they cover. made it a little more simplistic i think in the first one and then they just totally went all out with with uh, mm -hmm. the second advance wars game where they really started to reintroduce a, like make those elements like matter so much more than in the first game whereas i mm -hmm. felt like even though you had a lot of stuff to manage in the original advance wars like it was it was like so much more manageable. Like it was so easy, so much yeah. easier kind of to wrap your head around around the idea to kind of make sure to take over buildings and stuff like that. Um, also, one of the mm -hmm. things that we didn't mention as well is terrain um, plays terrain, actually yeah. it plays a huge um, element in in the gameplay as far as the, it's concerned. Because if you're on on the mountainside or if you're in the forest or um, if you're hidden behind something some kind of cover. Um, generally it's much harder for the enemies to actually hit you or take you out. Um, so you just want to make sure to kind of strategically place your, your units around some kind of cover mm -hmm. in some way, which I think, I think is actually really intuitive because, um, it, it doesn't just impair movement in like in the way that a game like Fire Emblem does. It plays much mm -hmm. more into the, 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 the advantages and disadvantages that your troops kind of have. And, and some of the maps mm -hmm. you play on, like the enemy, when we're like the enemy has the high ground to kind of start with, you're like at a disadvantage already when kind of the battle starts. But um, I, I like that dynamic and how you have to plan for that a little bit but mm -hmm. um, and not get like too, too crazy with, with your movements and whatnot. But with one of the, with one of the things that I found while playing kind of the earlier advanced wars games that I, I, I wish that they did a little bit better was giving mm -hmm. you a preview of what, your um your troops can actually attack when they're actually moving and then attacking because yeah. unlike fire emblem where once you move to an area it'll actually show you the range of of all the enemies you can kind of attack it basically like gives you the fire option and then when you press that option yeah. it's like it just goes right into combat kind of um so I, I wish it gave you like more of a sense of like here's the area where these troops kind of can aim from especially when you're trying to move around like artillery and stuff like that because you don't really have yeah. like a clear sense of like where the artillery can actually attack from or like what mm -hmm. units it can actually hit. Um, it just gives you kind of a little bit of percent uh, of a percentage when you go, when you actually do the attack itself. But beyond that, you don't really have a, enough information I find, um, which led mm -hmm. me to kind of do a little more research outside the game itself to kind of figure a lot of that stuff out rather than kind of yeah. experimenting it and then kind of getting into, you know, kind of terrible situations. So, uh, and I think that's something that they did better in the DS versions. Um, but in the original okay. GBS, JBA versions, and I think that goes all the way back to the older games back on the Famicom and the Game Boy. They, they're kind of like that too. So um, I, I wish that they were a little more user-friendly. Maybe when, uh, with a reboot camp, maybe they're going to do something like that with it, hopefully. But we'll I hope they, yeah, they, the one thing they got to do, I think is like, look at enemy movements and attacks and lock it like fire emblem you can like make sure that you know where all the enemy units can go and where they can move and where they can attack and mm. a lot of times you can like lock it so you can see the whole thing while you move your units um definitely not a thing in advance wars you have to hold a button you have to hold b on and highlight the unit 
itself. It's like, okay, can it attack this unit? Okay, it kind of can't. And then as you said, Ryan, like you have to move your unit and you don't know if that can fire a certain unit from a certain range. You kind of have to have, you have to actually know and like yeah. ingrain in your memory. Okay, it's like four spots away, tile spots away from the artillery unit itself. So just like chess, they just like chess is more. like that. Like you just gotta like go chess. back to your chess yeah. point as well, so. Yeah, which I thought was like interesting. Also, um, I don't know if you knew this about the older titles, but um, when I talked about the fog and the fog of war mm-hmm. being a part of the the big part of the battle, the older games actually don't have fog of war, so you can actually see all the enemy units um, on That's some of great. the older titles. So, um, I, I, but I actually kind of like the idea of having the fog of war there and not being able to see everything right away because I like yeah. the idea of having to, to scout out some of the enemy troops. Uh, a little bit better mm-hmm. than just knowing kind of everything from the beginning. Um, but that if you are going to go back and play some of those other titles, just be aware that that's a mechanic that's in those games that is kind of different from the Advanced Wars titles. Um, mm-hmm. And then other than that, I'm trying to think of uh, anything else that might be covered in mechanics, Garrett. I think we've got most I, of it. I think uh, one thing you've got to make sure while you play the game is like attacking first could be an advantage or a disadvantage depending on how much health are you gonna actually put in damage into a unit. Because once you put damage into a unit, uh, the health goes down, but also the attack goes down yeah. and the defense goes down. And so, but you don't know one advantage versus another. It's it's a lot of strategy behind that mm-hmm. area too. Is like when to attack first or when to defend so your other units can attack. Um, kind of like decoy or, or luring enemy units in and stuff like that. So yeah, it kind of reminds me of like the yeah. army system in in Fire Emblem Three mm-hmm. Houses, where like as it gets whittled down from health, because it's essentially not yeah. just one big health pool for your unit. It's essentially the number of guys that are all like yes. all on one space essentially. So it's, as it gets whittled down, as it gets attacked, which I think it's a cool mechanic. I, I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. A little bit, but also like if you're a little too aggressive, for example, it'll it can definitely put you in a precarious situation if you're if you're yes. not careful, whatever, or if you don't know what you're doing. So um, it can it can screw you a little bit if you're not if you're newer to the game or if you're not sure, you know, what to mm-hmm. do with it. But uh, there's also support units that can help fuel your unit types or transport your infantry mm-hmm. across the map, which are actually it's actually pretty vital if you just want to get done with the game and go straight to the enemy base. Mm-hmm. Um, you could just send like two troop units and just shoot all the way and just go for it if you want to try that strategy as well. Yeah, and in Advance so. Wars 1, regardless of what map you play, you always at least start with one of those, um, which, yeah. is, which is nice. Um, and it kind of like, it, it, in, in a way, it makes like units like transports that you'd find in other real-time strategy games like StarCraft, for example, just so much more interesting and, and much more useful to have mm-hmm. on the battlefield because it not only does it transport your troops across the battlefield, but it also allows you to just resupply your troops so you're not you know constantly running back to buildings and stuff like that. But it's also, that, yeah. that's like an element that you don't really have to worry about in a lot of other games. But I, I still like that it, it places so much more importance on those units versus you know, in other like real-time strategy games where you're not even really thinking about, oh, oh, I lost a troop transport. No big deal. That, that mm-hmm. That's not a big problem. Whereas in this year, you're like hurting a little bit if you lose your, your transport. So you really have to make sure to kind of guard them carefully in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. otherwise you've got your wider assortment of tanks and helicopters and ground units, both with machine guns and rocket launchers. And they all have, again, yeah. as you talked about, like kind of strength, strengths and weaknesses. It's not like the weapon triangle from Fire Emblem. It's like each unit no, is like yeah. good, better or worse against specific units. Um, yeah. so, so you kind of have a little to bit more granular that. for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
And the game, the game doesn't tell you that, so you kind of have to like figure it out on your own through trial and error in a lot of ways. Or, or I would just say for anyone who's new to the game, un- unless like Reboot, Reboot Camp tells you this in the game itself, like don't be afraid to play with a guide or like if you're going to play for the first time, don't be afraid to, to at least look at a guide to, if you don't want to figure all this out yourself. Um, I, I think it's good to maybe look at kind of the, the strengths and weaknesses for certain troops. Uh, so you kind of go into it with, mm-hmm. a, with a clearer mind, I think. I would have to say the Advance Wars 1 field missions, probably the best tutorial I've ever seen in a strategy RPG type of game, turn-based uh, strategy RPG, because they go through, they have 15 missions yeah. where it's like, all right, we're going to go through infantry. What's the strength of the weakness of that? Okay, let's go through tanks. Let's go through like jets. Like They go through the whole gambit in, in that field mission. It actually is a, a long time. Um, I was quite surprised how long that tutorial was. So mm-hmm. hopefully they'll they'll just bring that back in reboot camp and everyone's up to speed. It's so funny because the dialogue um, kept saying, "Okay, you got make sure you press the R button <laughs> so you can go always go back to figure out what the information is." I feel like there was a lot of cute like uh, quality control testing. And it's like, okay, a lot of people play testing this and they have no clue what to do. Let's let's make sure they know, press the R button to make sure that <laughs> they know all the information uh, kind of in front of you. So yeah. there you go. And they, they do actually present it, the tutorial in like a really fun and, and kind of quirky way yes. as well. So yeah, hats off to the localization team on that one because I think that they actually hit it out of the park with that as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. So and, and as far as the... Um, the missions themselves, for the most part, you've got bigger maps and smaller maps, and they kind of just depend on what map you select from the beginning. But you have a wide variety of maps to kind of choose from, which is, which is nice. Um, and depending mm-hmm. on the game itself, you have just a wider variety of maps um, as you go through the series. Like I know the DS ones in particular, you have a lot more map variety than the Game Boy mm-hmm. Advance ones. Um, like the first two games, you have um, some variety, but for the most part, it, it's mostly like size variety. You're not really getting going to too many different locations. Like there are some different locations, mm-hmm. but it's not like they're not wildly different or anything like that um, versus some of the DS games where I think, you know, vary a lot, a lot more anyways like that. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you can also play with friends, which is kind of cool. So if you've actually got two, you know, Game Boy Advance games, um, the versus mode is actually surprisingly fun as well. Like, I think this is actually like a really good multiplayer RPG experience. If you've got a friend and you have two GBAs and you want to try it, I, I actually think it's worth pursuing because I think it's actually pretty fun as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I definitely recommend playing the multiplayer as well. But for the most part, the multiplayer is pretty much everything we just talked about, but just playing it with another, another player, essentially, rather than mm-hmm. playing against the computer. So that's that. But uh, otherwise, I think we've covered off most of the mechanics in the game itself. So I kind of want to move on and talk about uh, one subject that we need to talk about with a series like this, especially because it's been dormant for so long and it's finally mm-hmm. getting a new entry. And that is where do we want the series to go from here? Like, what do we want from the future of the series? Assuming, of course, Garrett, if I gave you, if if I assumed that you were Nintendo, and mm-hmm. because as people do, people just assume you're Nintendo from time to time, um, and, y- and we gave you the green light to do another Advance Wars game, how mm-hmm. would you want to proceed with it? Like, what, what, what would you like to see from it? That's a very good question. Um, first off, I just want hats off to this Nintendo making the, I think the correct decision to kind of outsource this type of franchise to another studio to work on it and Mm -hmm. to get, you know, get uh, warm with it because um, I would like to see other studios have their own take on this genre. 
And hopefully with Advance, Advance Wars 1 and 2 reboot and see how what that reception is, I hope they just do a direct sequel. Call it Advance Wars 3 and just mm-hmm. make it by WayForward or another uh, studio and, and see what they come up with. What kind of new uh, mechanics can they do? Can they um, just do more of the same, but like just improve upon it, innovate it upon it more? I don't think there's a specific mechanic per se to like help the franchise um, because I think they, they expanded all they can mechanic like in the mechanics zone but Mm -hmm. i I would just like to see okay from way forward what what can you do on top of just advanced wars one and two what was what's the next goal what's the next step you could do you can do more narrative you could do more story you can have more like commander type of powers that would be kind of cool to see Mm -hmm. um but yeah other than that i think nintendo is making the right call here um you don't want this franchise like I feel like it's just going to die and wither if it's tried to do anything else in its internal studios. They have plenty yeah. of other major franchises to work on. So it's great that they're outsourcing this and, and getting ideas from from different people. Yeah, and I've actually liked the, this approach with uh, with other Nintendo franchises as well, especially like Metroid yeah. is the one that comes to mind when we talk about mm-hmm. this because them taking a chance with Mercury Steam to kind of to make the remake kind of the Metroid franchise on their own, like has yielded great results because Samus returns was great. But Mm -hmm. then dread is like a game of the year contender this year from Mercury from a studio that like, I never thought could ever make a, a game of the year caliber game, especially after some of the like Castlevania Lords of shadow two, for example. (laughs) Like I thought like after that, like there was no coming back from that kind of thing, but, uh, no, they did an amazing job with it. So I would lo- and WayForward is a studio that I know does amazing work. And, and especially, like you said, Garrett, like maybe Intelligent Systems is kind of done with the series and doesn't really want to go back yeah. or they maybe they felt like they've evolved it as much as they could. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love just seeing, first of all, just that the series itself getting new life with with a with a remake. But then ultimately, if they do it, uh, its own kind of entry from WayForward, I would love to just mm-hmm. see WayForward, for example, just take the gloves off and, and get given like creative freedom to do whatever they want with it. Because um, yes. maybe they could do something crazy, like putting the game in space, for example, or they could do That'd be cool. um, some other stuff. Maybe they make it like, make a, like a, a medieval fantasy kind of advanced wars mm-hmm. game or like take the series in a bunch of different directions. Like maybe, um, maybe since the, the mechanics are really flushed out, maybe the setting is what needs to be, you know, changed yeah. with the franchise or maybe, um, like, I don't think the graphical style needs to be changed up too much. Cause I like kind of the graphical style of, of, yeah, uh, of advanced wars. I think it actually holds up very well, which is something we talked about, um, many times with the, those games actually holding up today. Mm-hmm. Like the graphical style of advanced wars, even the DS with the DS titles looks awesome today. So I don't think they need That's to really change good. that too much. But maybe just the the style, because then, for example, if they change up like the setting for Advanced Wars, they can definitely change up maybe um, the the vehicle or the troop design, and then mm-hmm. they can balance them differently, and then that can really add some breathe some new air into the franchise. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, kind of comparing it to kind of the evolution between you know Warcraft and Starcraft. Like I think that that's maybe th- mm-hmm. the type of jump that this series kind of needs. Um, mm-hmm. And again, they don't need to go wild and crazy with it. Maybe even if it's just like more future techie versus like what what's in advanced wars um i think that's maybe i think that's maybe where i would like to see where the the series goes um because then again it just gives them more freedom to experiment with stuff because again i think if they change it the formula too much as far as keeping it in the same setting it might upset some people or it might change the Mm -hmm. balance in a way that like doesn't make the game a very 
fun playing experience because one of the things that I think makes the previous Advanced Wars games so fun is the balance between all of the units because I think that um, intelligence systems totally nailed like how balanced all these those, those troop types are. Yeah. So um, as so like tinkering with that too much, I think is a bad idea. Um, which mm-hmm. without again just doing a complete overhaul of the series or the series location. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I want to see with the series next. But all in all, I just want to see see more entries in the series. I think it's an awesome series that I know a lot of people really missed out on on the GBA mm-hmm. or the DS. And again, it, with Reboot Camp coming to Switch, it gives many more people a chance to actually try this out for the first time. Um, so I'm hoping people actually check out Reboot Camp, and I hope that it's awesome. Um, and hopefully that means we get more of these games, because it's more than anything, Garrett. Me too. Regardless of what, I, what, I, what, what my ideas are for the series, I just want to see more of it at this point. Like, it's been dormant for, like, 13 years now, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just ready for more Advance Wars at this point. I also want them to just test out the level of just development of these games because they're they don't need to be very huge in mm. in terms of development. Like Advance Wars One and Two Reboot, I understand. Give it sixty dollar price tag. It's two. It's a it's a two pack game, fully mm. remade game. Um, makes sense to me. Okay, sixty dollars. Yeah, you you got my money. But like with a new Advance Wars game, why don't you just try the $30 game? Why don't you try like, don't make this a, you know, 30 or 40 hour experience. Make this to an like a, you know, a six to an eight hour experience and then maybe add some like DLC levels on top of that. More online content because I I think having these games more bits and pieces of it versus these f- fully fleshed out yeah. games. I think that's good for the genre because, because these games, they're meant to be like level based. Yeah. And like, well, not only that, but sure if they put more into the online element, like I yeah. think that will really help the series give like the, the content get legs where maybe you don't need mm-hmm. to put out a large campaign for it. Maybe you do put out like a six to eight hour campaign yeah. and then people get their money's worth out of it by playing with their friends online. Like, I think that's yeah. more the direction they should really be going with it for sure. Like, not mm-hmm. necessarily mm-hmm. make online the big focus, but at least, like, with the online elements now that you're not having to worry about, you know, Game Boy Advance link cables or, you know, connecting that's your true. DSs to each other, I really think that it could go a long way to kind of um, making, like, increasing the longevity of, of the, the, the the game's life as well. Um, plus, yeah, mm-hmm. that not every ever, not every game should be $60. And this is the no. type of game that I, I think they could easily develop for for 40 bucks and then maybe not give it like the triple a budget because i don't think this is a game that needs a triple a budget behind it like um because we've seen plenty of indie studios do fantastic games like this like wargroove for example so like there there are tons of games out there that are doing this already that don't need you know that budget or need need to charge full price for it so um yeah I, i would be interested in seeing them explore the price range as well but it's nintendo I mean, they Nintendo, don't really do that that yeah. often as well. Like, I really thought Not if they much. were going to do that ever, Garrett, I thought it was going to be with new Pokemon Snap, and that was a $60 game. So, yeah. And then with even with WarriorWare, get it together. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a short game, and it's a small game. Um, and they, they knocked it down 10 bucks. Um, but yeah, it doesn't seem like if it's a Nintendo franchise, they're not going to bog it down too much unless, well, I, I feel like uh, what's the um, crypt of the necro dancer? Cadence of Hyrule. Oh, Cadence of Hyrule. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, that was the one game that had a lower price, I think. But mm. um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Also, you said Wargroove. Yes, if if you can't find a copy of Advance Wars or you don't have a Wii U, that's fine. Uh, Wargroove is a very good alternative Advance yeah. Wars type of game. Definitely. Um, and I brought I that up too because we've talked about it on the show as well. Because it, yeah. it's it's almost like one of the ideas I kind of floated out there, like a fantasy version of Advance Wars. Yes. Like it's kind of that idea. So... Uh, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool, which is why, like, I know, like, this style of game will work in other, you know, settings and genres. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be just, you know, modern military kind of thing. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think that's there it. That's all for Advance Wars. A pretty awesome series, if I might say my, so myself, um, although it's, it's really definitely one of, like, the shortest series we've talked about on the show before, <laughs> um, because, I mean, it's not like a series with, like, 20 or 30 entries or God forbid yeah. Pokemon uh, two weeks ago where <laughs> there were 86 games in the franchise. Um, yep. But uh, a series definitely that I think has flown under a lot of people's radars for too long, Garrett. Like people need to start playing yes. these games because they're really, really good. And I hope people definitely check out Reboot Camp, even if it's not good. I hope people at least, you know, give it at least. A I look. think it's going to be base level like seven out yeah, of ten. I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, you never know. It could get up to an eight, but it also could go down to a six. But you never That's know. True. You never know. But before we go, Garrett Plugs go. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on Twitter at Bland Explosion, and you can see me over at the Nintendo Shack, part of the podcast, video, a video game podcast network, PSVG. Oh my gosh, I just messed that up. That's okay. Um, you can um, see that over at Twitch on Thursday nights at twitch.tv slash PSVG, and you can support them at patreon.com slash PSVG. Very nice, my friend. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turnford. Oh my God, I screwed that up too. As for, <laughs> you can also find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Yumi Capri on Twitter at Yumi Capri's and on podcast services around the globe. So for Garrett I'm Ryan Turford. This has been episode 27 of the RPG Cave and we're out. Bye-bye. The RPG Caves Mana is fueled by patrons over at patreon.com slash Yumi Capri. And I want to say thanks to each and every one of our Patreon supporters for all of your support throughout the years, as well as supporting our independent content. And let's start with, I think, our premium producers, Dallas Ford, Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team, and Jonathan Brown. You can find his content over at youtube.com slash Entertainment. Our platinum producers, Robbie Bobby Miller and Trucker Sloth. And our gold members, Argo, Brendan Myers, Dallas Robbins, Emily O'Kelly, Heather Boney, James Johnson, Joel Brooks, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Benji Kong, Marcus O'Neill, RJ Kern, Dano, Skinny Matt, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, Foolish Fuji, and Xavier Reyes. Thank you all for all of your support. 